Hi everyone and welcome back to the Armchair Guna. Um, it's me at Guna Armchair um, on Twitter. You can follow me there. Um, I'm I'm doing a podcast uh, solo for the first time in a long time. You can you probably see me with my good friend and um, at Guna Gospel he, on Twitter. Um, go and check him out. He's a, a decent Guna, a decent fellow, and um, we occasionally do well. We we regularly do a podcast together called Going Great Guns, but this is. How I started up this is the armchair Aguna. This is just me. Um, for those that you don't know or have never seen my stuff, because there's not many of you that have, um, I call myself the the, uh, the armchair Aguna because that's what you know I, I now am as of recent times, um, and obviously not COVID times, but beforehand. Um, I got to a few games, but not many. Um, a, I'm a silver level, um, silver member. Um, been supporting Arsenal since uh, 1984 when I was seven. Uh, so it's a little bit of background for me. Again, those of you have maybe only just started following me on Twitter or have maybe just seen bits and pieces of my Guna credentials. Um, and, you know, this is what I do. I just chat about Arsenal um, like people do, but I try and be a bit more um, upbeat, a bit more positive, a bit more neutral. Um, I, I will critique players and take the mickey, but it won't be a personal attack or anything like that. Um, and I really want to engage and interact with other gooners, genuine gooners on here, not um, not for any other reason than just to get a conversation going. Like, it's not going to be one of those things where you clip and go rant and all that sort of stuff. It's literally, I just want to meet other gooners up and, you know, um, get, get people talking about the game because it, I know there are lots of channels and lots of things that do that nowadays, but... Um, Still, none of them seem to speak as um, for me, if you like, for one of a better phrase. You know, there are a couple of guys on um, Twitter now that I follow that I really like the look of, and I've listened to a couple of their podcasts. I really want to start working with those guys, and uh, I'll start reaching out to you guys um, uh, individually and as part of the Going Great Guns podcast. I really want to get to some of you guys. You are there are loads of great gurus out there, but um, I just wanted to get my voice heard and maybe other other people that might be. Um, not used to talking in front of a camera or not used to doing this sort of thing, you know, and ease those guys in and let them go on and do their own thing as well. So um, that's basically why I started doing what I do. Um, just because I didn't like, it was mainly because I didn't like the uh, the anti-Arsenal podcasts that are out there, if you like, you know, and made, made four fans by the fans apparently and not at all, not at all for money and uh, clicks and likes and retweets. That's not, that's not why I do it. It's not why I do it. Um, bruv. Fam, you know these these guys, bruv, fam. They um they've been selling Coca Cola for four hundred pounds, fam, bruv. You know what I'm saying? They're the sort of people that um they want to jump on some sort of weird clickbait talk sport uh, bandwagon. I'm just not willing to go down because that's not what genuine fans are, are like. Yes, we're bitter. Yes, we can be angry and moody, and we can um, stalk with people that don't play for us anymore. But we don't. All of us don't go on the attack and don't say stuff that is just a racially offensive. Be just sick, you know. Some of the things I've seen this week about heads on sticks and stuff. Don't want to know. Don't want. That's not what we do. We have a laugh. We have a banter. Yeah, we can talk tactics and whatnot, but it's not what we do, you know. We. we this it, it, it's just like as if we were at a pub, a virtual pub. We're talking to the gooners before the game, and then maybe even after the game, after you've had a cut of points, and your view has changed a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's us. That's me. That's I know that's how Ant works uh, at Guna Gospel. Um, I'm on a website called Jaffa as well. Um, the armchair Guna over there. Jaffa means just the fans analysis. Come and have a look. Um, 
that's a good place to go for, for footballing um, chat and for, oh, I hate this word, banter. Uh, I don't hate the word, I hate when people use it wrong. Um, but um, so, you know, I'm just going to, this is not actually a podcast podcast, it's just a, a little bit of a, um, a little bit of get to know me, get to know you sort of thing. So I've got a couple more, I've got a couple of new followers on YouTube. Um, um, so yeah, this is that's, that's what my channel is all about. About it's about a fans' insight into things, not you know, um, maybe even a supporter. You know, the, the, the way I the way I um, differentiate between the two is a fan is probably someone that comes in, says they like the Arsenal game and watches out for the results or whatever, and then will go on with their weekend. No, there's anything wrong with that. Whereas a supporter, you know, everything's done by um, when the next fixture is. Um, buying kits uh, and all that sort of stuff, you know, actually supporting the club. So um, that's how I differentiate between the two. And again, I don't differentiate maliciously or negatively. That's fine. You know, we've all got our own different levels of, of how we do stuff. And I, people will look down the nose at me, come like season ticket holder, but I don't care. Um, I support my club and I, I have done. And um, through the um, late Don Howe, Terry Nils ages, right the way through to... Unai Emery and obviously now Nicola Arteta. Um, so for this pod, just a quick one, really, just a quick catch up. Um, we beat Leicester last weekend after scraping through against Olympia um, to meet Olympiacos in the next round of the Champions League. We scraped uh, scraped to win, um, and uh, in the Europa League. And it was um, you know Benfica was one of those games where. <laughs> Had it, it, it feels to me, and I'm sure most Gooners, where they would say, like, if it had been any other club, that would have been the, um, the great escape. They've done it, they've got through, and, you know, they, they've pulled out all the stops, and they never gave up fighting, and they've got through, they're just with what the desserts. Because it's Arsenal, it feels like, ah, oh, they squeaked through, didn't they? Well, yeah, well, well, well done, chaps. Um, another English team through to the last 16, brilliant. And that's what it feels like, and it, and it felt like that, like for, for us Gooners, you know, it, um, it felt like we were sort of ruining, ruining the party for everyone else. They would have preferred the narrative as it, as the uh, as it goes now would have been that um, they would have preferred us to have gone out because it's a better story because we'd be a club in crisis then. Um, unlike um, November league winners um, Tottenham. Um, who you know are just as close to a relegation dogfight as we are, and yet they they are apparently still in reach out with, with with top four because uh, they eke to win over Fulham one 0 last night. Um, so yeah, so it's a, that's that's how it felt to me. You know, it's a it was a um, had shades of Sampdoria. Um, uh, that the game where uh, Stefan Schwartz scored the free kick right in the last minute, and we went through to pen on penalties because of Big Dave. Uh, it was that sort of for me, it was that sort of a performance and that sort of a game. Yes, Ceballos was at fault for definitely the, the, the header. I mean, a free kick is a free kick and he's hit a world and a goalkeeper can't save it. Um, but the header back was ridiculous uh, and probably if he had just stood there and let it smash him in the face and bounce back the way it came, it would have been all right. But instead turning and trying to glance it back to the keeper, who's, he must just not have realised how far away from goal he was and how close the fella was to him. But that's the sort of thing that professional footballers should do. Uh, in my opinion, um, and then so then we we came back and had the early kickoff on um, Sunday against uh, um, Leicester. Who um, I've got a real dislike of Brendan Rodgers as a manager. Honestly, I look at him 
And I think sometimes there's a um, second-hand car salesman missing a manager. Um, and it, 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 it's got the touch of the Mourinho's about him where when everything goes right, it's because of him. When everything goes wrong, it's probably more down to the players not listening to how, how great he is. Um, so, and it was nice to get a win, having gone down to an early goal again. You know, we've done that a couple of times now, recently gone down to the early goal and not gone back into it. But we did this time, we stuck at the job. Um, and it was it was what you would call the second string side, but, um, you know, all these, you know, Lacazette is a um, full international for France. Um, it was a shame to see Emil Smith-Rowe um, have to limp off, but um, it, was a, it was a decent performance all round. Um, the fans were shaky at the beginning, but got back into it. And, um, I mean, it, it was what it was, wasn't it? I mean, we, I think we were justified in the 3-1 win. Um, I don't think Leicester really causes any real trouble. Jamie Vardy, um, as I tweeted out after the game, uh, Rebecca Vardy was um, worried when she got kicked off a Strictly Come Dancing because she couldn't get hold of Jamie, but it turns out there was no mobile phone signal in Pablo Mauri's back pocket. Because that's where he was for the whole game. Mauri had him. Um, and it's the first time in a long time that one of our centre-halves had been able to stand up to the pace and the physical game of Jamie Vardy, who normally scores against us. But Mauri was having none of it, none of it and it was good to see. Um, it's a pity we couldn't have had that sort of performance a little while ago you now against, against Diego Costas and, and whatnot, and we might have had a bit a bit more of a, a, a footing in some of those games. But, you know, it's one of those things. We've gone on now. Two games, we've got two wins. We've just got to make sure we get a decent result against Burnley, especially after uh, that lot managed to smash them 4-0. And if you haven't seen it, by the way, definitely check out Roy Keane and Jamie Redknapp going at each other during that game. Jamie's starting to pull out, the. he was going the full red nap. Well, you know, he's a terrific player, terrific player. And I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd sign him tomorrow. You know, and Roy was just, he was like a cat with a, uh, just toying, you know, batting him, batting him, batting him, ready to go for the kill. And the, the commentator has to step in and say, Jamie, take a breath. Honestly, if you haven't seen it, go and Google it. It's brilliant. Roy Keane versus Jamie Redknapp. It, it's, it's well worth a watch. Um, and that's why that's now put a marker down for us as well. We have to get a decent result against Burnley. But for me, a decent result will be a 1-0 win with a second string side. Um, and second string, I'm talking playing um, uh, not Leno in goal, either one of the two goalkeepers that we've got. Um, I'd stick Bellerin on uh, right back. I, I actually think he's probably not second string in, as such. He's probably joined with Cedric. Um, they're probably about the same level. They've both got different aspects to their game, which cancel each other out. You know, one can do, one can't do. Um, uh, I would probably play um, Gabriel Omari again at centre-half. I imagine that his, that Mikel Arteta's preferred centre-half partner would be, uh, partnership would be Louise and Holden. Um, that's how I see it, but I could be wrong there. Um, and then left-back is a tricky one, because who do you play at left-back? Um, if you don't play Kieran Tierney but you probably will play him just to get him some fitness back um, if not he might go three at the back anyway and have um, uh, say I don't know say Louise Gabriel and um, uh, Mari there um, 
midfield, if we're going with a four, so if we're going for a flat back four, I'd go the 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 midfield I would pick would be do you know what games like this now, I think you've got to start Pepe and William as both both of the wingers. That's that's a guaranteed. I think El Nelly will start and give Thomas Party time to get in. I think we could probably get through the first leg without Party. We can try and sort of eke him through and get him ready for I'd rather hit him play against Spurs. Um, so that's how the, the midfield four would be William and Pepe on the wings um, with um, El Nenny and Partey or um, even Ceballos again and Partey. Um, I would do the unthinkable and drop Granite Xhaka. And I say the unthinkable because it doesn't seem to be like any manager can ever sack, uh, drop Granite Xhaka. Um, every manager he's ever played for seems to just pick him constantly. Uh, and then I would play two up front. I know it's unusual and it's gone a bit, you know, Leicester um, from a few years ago, but I would, I, I still think 4-4-2 offers you the best chance of everything. So, um, and I, I would play um, Lacazette and I would play Enketia up front. Um, the only change I might make would be William and uh, Martinelli, but I can't see him using Martinelli. And I, and the reason why, there's been a lot of talk about Martinelli and why he's not coming on. I genuinely think that um, he's trying to hold him back because we as fans put so much pressure on that kid when he came back. He's going to turn it around. He's going to be the one that's going to kickstart our season that, People are going to be looking for that when he comes on. If he doesn't make that spark, they'll start turning on like they've done Willian. We all done it. I've turned on Willian because Willian's a professional and he's been there for, he's been at Chelsea for so long and he hasn't been putting the, the performances in for us. And it's been the case of why is he holding him? You know, he, he is by picking Willian and putting Willian on as a sub instead of um, Martinelli, it's holding Martinelli back. But we don't know what goes on. I've got a feeling that he's saying to him, stay, stay fit. Keep sharp in training, and next year will be the year when you go. Get get through this. You've had two big injuries in the last two years. I don't want you going out there and getting tons of pressure on. Let's get through to this season, the end of this season, and have a pre-season, start the next season, and everyone will have given you time to get over, and they won't be looking at you to be our saviour. If you come on now, people are going to be looking at you as our saviour and the kid that needs to dump out William out the side, and I think he's trying to protect him from that. That's what I – and I, I think that's a good call. We don't need to use Martinelli yet, but he might. It might be a good idea to stick him in against Burnley. Um, so that would be my side. Um, let me know what you think in the comments. Um, like I said, I'm going to DM a couple of people on Twitter to see if we want to hook up and do uh, a couple of um, collaboration shows. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Click like, click like, share, and subscribe. And I will speak to you probably after the Europa, the Europa League game against Olympiacos. Cheers, everyone.